Hey, this is TJ Perkins. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mike Mondo. Hey, guys, this is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. It's the it for Red Titus. This is the king of old school, Steve Carino. What's up, fools? Make sure you log on to the ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast? At ROHWorld.com. Let's get it, baby. Two, two. Two, two. Two, two. Two, two. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to episode 49 of ROHCast. My name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. Today I'm here with the podcast worst nightmare, John. How's it going? The zombie podcaster, Des. What's going on, wrestling fans? And special guest, uh, live reporter, Macklin. Hey guys. Uh, today we're going to be reviewing the Boiling Point 2012 iPay-Per-View. Um, we're also going to talk about the latest news and answer some questions that you've sent in. So uh, Macklin was there live at the pay-per-view. Myself, John and Des all watched it online. Um, it should be noted for regular listeners, Stephen's car has broken down in the, well, parts unknown from all, from what we understand. We have no idea who is behind this. Could be Team Bandit, could be Brutal Bob. We don't know, but uh, hopefully he'll be back next week if he ever survives whatever's going on right now. But uh the, the show began with a dark match with the Bravados defeating Mike Seidel and George Bryant. Uh, Macklin, you're the only one of us to see this match. How was the sort of dark match? Uh, it was good. Uh, there were a lot of botches by uh, Seidel and the other guy. I don't even remember his name and you just said it. There was a lot of botches, but uh, the uh, Bravados have definitely improved since they came back from Japan. Um from what I from what I saw, I walked in uh, halfway through. I hung up with you guys on the uh, the live show and walked in, and uh, the match was going on. But from what I saw, it was uh, it was a pre- it was a pretty good match. I couldn't even tell you how it ended because uh, I was talking to my friend. But uh, I just looked up, and the bravados had won. <laughs> you, must, you must have been really interested then in that one. But... I was interested, but it was just you know it was just that everybody was still filing in, and it was like one of those things, you know. Yeah. Uh, it should also be noted that the uh, it was announced before the show started that Road Rage episodes would be being taped at the iPay-Per-View, which is something that... Yay! Yeah, we worked this out last week on, uh, or was it two weeks ago, that based on how the tapings are scheduled, there's, a I think, a two or three week gap where... There was two episodes. They had us stand up twice and uh, air so, twice. Yeah, expect two, epi- two episodes of Road Rage from Boiling Point, so... so- What's the point of buying the pay-per-views? Are you going to see half the show free anyways? I don't know. I really They don't. actually announced the matches that are going to be shown on uh, on Road Rage. Do you know this what? Is, this, is, this is exclusive breaking news right here. Ooh, yeah, scoop. Scoop. Well, from what I was told by one of the uh, one of the people that was working at the uh, was working there was that they were going to show the Brutal Bob and um, and Adam Cole match. Uh, um, the um, the Briscoes and um, Carino and Jacobs, and quite possibly the mixed tag match. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Oh. So uh, <laughs> look forward to watching all of those again. But at least for you, John, when you do your weekly TV report, it's a bit, bit less work for you to do for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's the only, I guess, kind of positive of Road Rage, even though you get short... to miss out on new, fresh, exciting Ring of Honor action. <laughs> and a couple of short ROH cast episodes, because we won't have any TV show to talk about. But, uh, the iPay-Per-View itself, after the dark match, uh, began with Roderick Strong 
defeating Mike Mondo. Um, this surprised a lot of us because I think on the pre-show we thought the four-way sort of Renard Rich contract match would be the opener. Um, I'll go to you first, Des. What did you think of uh, Roderick Strong versus Mondo? Man, they <laughs> they really surprised me, I'll tell you that much. I guess they shouldn't have surprised me because I knew going in they would work hard um, and they would do a great match, but I didn't expect them to go to the level they did and um you know you got a broken nose or i don't know is it confirmed broken or maybe it was just a cut well um, from, from yeah people who didn't see it mike mondo and strong were sort of brawling on the outside and mondo went to do a headbutt but i think strong was either expecting it a little bit earlier or later because he was sort of in the wrong point and <laughs> basically got headbutted right in the nose and it was all yeah. it was bleeding and it seemed to sort of piss strong off a bit because yes. he he came back sort of quite aggressive uh, with his strikes and stuff but i don't know if it's broken or not but uh he was yeah, mad yo he was, he was yeah. mad yeah but i thought it was a good match it, set, it certainly set the precedent and that's what the opening match is supposed to do so good on them it was it was good john yeah this was a great opener probably my favorite match of the night oddly enough it was one of those matches i was excited going in for because roderick strong is great and mike mondo is so improved over the past few months and i figured these two would be able to put on a really good match together, and they delivered every bit of it. Um, there was some great action, like like some great fighting around the outside, where, especially like where Mondo ran all the way down the ramp and like oh, yeah. under his shoulder. Now, just, was that a legit injury? Because we had several injury sort of gimmicks during the pay-per-view. Was that a, a legit shoulder injury or just a... I don't uh, think so. Well, yeah. Well, I imagine running full speed into a barricade that couldn't have felt too good on him, but... yeah. I think I think it was sort of to play in the sort of ending of the match where Mondo wouldn't back down. He'd keep kicking out, and uh, in the end, uh, Strong did hit the sick kick to pick up the victory. But Mondo kicked out so many times before he actually was able to pick up the win. Yeah. Um, but I but think it's... Really, go on. But that, that really helped put him over instead of I just being... I was going to say, yeah, it was a lot better. Like, oh, here's another win for this guy. It was like, oh, yeah. look how much it took, you know, former you know, Ring of Honor champion and Triple Crown winner to put this... Guy guy away and after that the match even made a point to you know focus on him leaving the ring with kevin kelly hyping him up some more yeah i think uh we, we said on the podcast last week i think steven said it that sometimes winning lots isn't what's needed to get a push sometimes you can you know sort of get a lot more from losing if that makes sense yeah um which i think he got here because i think if he would have just beat uh, strong everyone would just be like oh for god's sake another win by this guy yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, fact, yeah. the fact that Strong was able to pick up the win, but Mondo still looks strong, I think works well and is a lot better, sort of a better direction for the push of Mondo. But uh, I'll go to you, Macklin. You were there live. What did you think of, of the well, the official opener? Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was great. I think uh, Roderick Strong could wrestle a broomstick and get the broomstick over. You know, uh, he's just that good. Um, I thought Mondo uh, definitely improved. Um, you were right. Um, I even mentioned to my friend who was sitting with me that after Mondo hit the headbutt on um, on Strong, he seemed to be stiffing him in the ring. He was really mad. Mm. You know, um, I think you said it um, last week, Harry, that, uh, you know, it's just not a good way to get someone over is to have him keep winning and winning. You know, a loss can sometimes get a person over more than a win can. And I, I know this ain't WWE cast, but I, I would say that, um, you know, a perfect example of that is, you know, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. Losing in 18 seconds to Sheamus, everybody was like, oh, how could you do this? But it got his character over, mm -hmm. and he's one of the biggest stars in you know WWE right now. 
And I think that if they do a lot of um, less is more mentality with Mondo, I think he could. Um, I think he could get to you know um, mid card to upper mid card status. You know. Mm. Yeah, Mondo once again had a great performance here, and I'm I'm glad that he's getting the push. I just wish they'd sort of turn the dial down a bit, so to speak, on it. But it looks like they're changing their direction, which is always a good thing. So um, we'll move on with the card. Up next, we had a a four-way match with the winner getting a Ring of Honor contract. QT Marshall defeated Matt Taven, Antonio Thomas, and Vinny Marseglia. I always botch that. I saw it something different. <laughs> um, so, yeah, QT Marshall now has a uh, Ring of Honor contract. I think this sort of confirms the rumors of Taven going to WWE because surely he would have won if he wasn't going elsewhere. Yeah. Um, it should be noted that in this match, there was another commentator, and to be honest, I have no idea who it was, but he was very good. And I he think was? He was. Uh, were you listening? Were I you... hated him. Really? I, I, th- I thought he was really good too. I unfortunately do not remember his name off the top of my head, but I thought he had a very like Joey Styles like quality to him. I yeah, thought he sounded really good, and that he did a really good job of explaining like how these people are are like they're standing in the northeast, you know, northeastern wrestling scene and what it could what they could each potentially offer to ring of honor i thought he did a really good job of explaining each of the wrestlers characters and getting them over to the people who have no idea who some of them are yeah i thought thought he did really really well and to be honest i wouldn't mind if he replaced kevin kelly because i've never been a fan of (laughs) kevin kelly and i I thought this guy i wouldn't mind him being able to be a commentator on something like this smaller house show to start off with and you know, eventually being groomed to be Kevin Kelly's replacement. It's just a shame that we can't remember this guy's name because we're putting him over, but he's not going to get any credit because no one knows who yeah. we're talking about. Good job, guy. I, I, I um, maybe it was just because he was, it was too much of a uh, counter balance. You have like uh, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness, who for this match were kind of low key, and then you had this guy. For me, he just sounded way over the top, like way. Uh, larger than live kind of yelling and just wacky commentator voice and it, it sort of I don't know it made the match feel kind of weird um, hmm. just to have that sort of difference but maybe in a different setting he'd be a he'd be uh, a better fit I'd, I'd like to see more of him definitely I think uh, it'd be good to see him commentate you know on a ring of honor match and see what he can bring to the table there uh, I'll go to you Macklin because obviously you wouldn't have heard the commentary but what did no. you think of the match um Again, there were a couple of missed spots, a couple of botches, but I guess I'm just a wrestling purist. Uh, a lot of people were screaming, botchamania, botchamania. They try to get that chant going. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really good. Um, I, I, the guy, uh, QT Marshall, I think his name is, he looks like, a, uh, he looks like the love child of Adam Pierce and Shane Hagedorn. Uh, <laughs> he, um, I, when he came out, you just knew that he was going to get the win. He has the look of a, uh, he has the look of a star, you know, mm. um, I thought it was really good. Um, the guy who I don't know, the guy that looks like Vampiro, I don't know what his name was. Um, Vinny. I think Vinny, yeah, he just got a lot of Vampiro chance. I thought he looked really good too. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, back in an ROH ring. I don't know how they're gonna work that out, but um, I thought it was good for what it was. Um, I thought Taven looked really good during the match. Um, mm. I thought it was. Um, I thought for for four enhancement people, it was good. But if it was a regular, like a regular, you know, like match between like, you know, ROH stars, I would have said it was horrible. Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think uh, QT Marshall was definitely sort of the second best there. And if they can't sign Taven, then 
there's nothing bad about signing QT Marshall. So it'll be interesting to see what he does going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised if Vinny and Antonio appear on Ring of Honor TV in squash matches against Champa, who loves doing those for some reason still. Um, how about you, Diz? What did you think? Um, I was not impressed. It was okay. I think it sort of disappointed me, to be honest. I was expecting a bit more from it, even though I sort of, apart from Taven, we hadn't really seen much of any of these guys. You just think, four guys wrestling for a contract, you think, well, what what can go wrong? But it just sort of, it was just sort of okay. It wasn't anything fantastic, to be honest. I think I, think I agree with sort of how Macklin uh, sums oh. it up there. Although... My favorite uh, part of the match, and I don't know if you guys mentioned it because I kind of zoned out for a second. Um, my favorite part of the match was when, uh, oh, God, who was it? Uh, was it Antonio Thomas? And he had one guy in a leg lock, and then he suplexed the other guy. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good. I like that part. That was, uh, that was all I liked. So uh, moving on with the Before, moving on, before oh. moving on, I did some research. Uh-oh. And har- and on the rohworld.com forums, which you can sign up for for free and discuss all things Ring of Honor in and outside the ring, <laughs> you can, uh, as Harpoon IPA pointed out, the guest commentator is from PWF Northeast, and his name is Caleb Seltzer. Ah, thank you for that, John. You're a better sort of, I don't know, journalist than any of us are because we had no idea who he was. But uh... It's on our own forum, too. That's sad. That's, that's very true. Uh, and, and Macklin, cheap plugs are okay as long as they're for our own website. Anything else, we'll just get that alarm, I'm telling you. Yeah, um, so up, up next, we had a proving ground match where Adam Cole, luckily, only just managed to defeat Brutal Bob. And... Hey, was this a proving ground match? Because they announced it as a special challenge special match, didn't challenge they? Special challenge match, yeah. It, well... I don't know because they said it was a premium ground match on the website. So I figured because I wrote a recap and I figured um, when they realized how stupid this was, they just said, all right, let's just call it a special challenge match. <laughs> it's nothing really special about it. But before the match, Brutal Bob had some very uh, strange words for Adam. And uh, we'll, we'll go to a clip from the pay-per-view so you can oh hear God. what Brutal Bob had to say. Oh, God. Because Adam... You are a sweet little boy, but see what I'm going to do is I'm going to humble you because you have a sweet, delicate little mouth suitable for pounding. Uh, now, John, what, what do you yeah. take from this promo? <laughs> that, that Bearing in mind, rivals... I did not edit that. That is generally what he said. I did not sort of crop. Oh, I can attest to that. Trust me. Yes, yeah, that... it's going to pound him in his delicate mouth. Now, that isn't, is this a P- isn't this a TVPG podcast? Um, I don't, I don't... That has a really good ring to it, though. Try saying that again. TVPG podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, well, then th- then those words are perfectly acceptable if, if, it's not, if this isn't a PG but, podcast. Anyway, yeah, that is a very, very strange choice of words. And I can only hope that he just didn't mean for it to come out like that because it just sounded horrible brutal? it's it sounded brutal it yeah brutal. yeah it's almost as bad as mondo threatening to rape maria at best in the world so who knows what will be said at death before dishonor x10 they should do a comp- <laughs> compilation the most uncomfortable moments in ring of honor 2012 so, so far we've had raping and now pounding in delicate mouths so who and knows because you know wanting your 20 year olds yeah who, who, knows? <laughs> <laughs> who knows where ring of honor will go next to get heat uh so, after that strange promo, 
we, we had the match itself, and for some reason, Brutal Bob just dominated the crap out of Adam Cole. <laughs> and I just, I just cannot say that without laughing because it is ridiculous. Well, you see, um, he's the wily veteran. He knows the tricks in and out of the ring. In and outside the rings, just like Prince Nas. Yes, he knows. <laughs> um, so, Macklin, you were there live. <laughs> what, what, what happened? Just what? it was. A, <laughs> it looked like a squash match. It looked like Brutal Bob was going to squash Adam Cole. <laughs> the, the biggest laugh I had of the night was uh, was pretty much myself because uh, I, like I like to say, I'm my own best friend. Um, <laughs> Brutal Bob looks like Dr. Zoidberg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It looks like Dr. Zoidberg. I just kept yelling, you wrestle bad and you should feel bad. (laughs) (laughs) He, he, it it just looked like, you know, like it, it, getting serious for a second. It just looked like, um, it, it, it was pretty much the same mentality as the first match. Um, I think that Cole could have wrestled anybody and made them look good in that match. You know, I think Cole's that good to uh, to put over anybody, you know. But if you're going to put over somebody, it, it would have been better designed to put over someone like, you know, TJP or maybe Cedric Alexander or, you know, or Coleman. Um, it, it, there was just no point to putting Brutal Bob over this much. I mean... If the point was to maybe get him more matches on the TV show or to set up future <laughs> matches, no. I hope not. But but it, it, but if that was the only reason was to get him over in his hometown, I don't I don't know. Ugh, it was just it was just a big cluster f. I don't I don't I don't even want to talk about it anymore. So I have a question, Macklin, because um, on TV it really did come across like the people there were really into Brutal Bob. Did, yeah, is what is there? going on? What is wrong with all of you? <laughs> I heard a rumor that there were a bunch of Brutal Bob's, like, former students oh. and a bunch of, uh, bunch of like, his family members and stuff. Because if it, I, mean, I don't know how it came across on the, uh, on the iPay-Per-View, but it was only one section. It was only the section that was closest to the DVD table that was all the way over to the right-hand side of the uh, arena that was chanting for, uh, for Bob. Everybody else was chanting for Cole. Ah, well, from what I sort of remember from the pay-per-view, it was ridiculous time in the morning, but most of the chants were just for Brutal Bob. There wasn't really much for Adam Cole. I don't know if it was just where the mug, how, wherever the cameras are placed. I don't know how it's set up there, but it the just came... Camera was, the hard camera was to the right when I walked in. Like, when I walked into the venue, it was, was just it, like... Was it square. near the Brutal Bob family members? And <laughs> No, actually, it wasn't. That was on the other side. Hmm. I might have to go and look back at the replay and have a rem- I can't yeah. really remember the chance. But um, unless anyone else has anything to say about this match, I think we'll move on. Uh, it should be noted that Adam Cole did actually win after being beaten up for ages. Um, he won with figure four leg lock, I believe. And Brutal yeah, Bob came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. He just, yeah, he literally just locked it in and that was it. But didn't he, he beat, uh, he beat O'Reilly with the figure four leg lock. That's becoming like his move. Yeah, that's true. But, at least when he beat O'Reilly, it was after an incredible match and not a oh, yeah, terrible yeah. squash match. Yeah. But let's just let's just move off that match. Yeah. Um, we then got to Charlie Huss defeated Michael Elgin. I'll oh, just man. let that sink in for a minute. Um, just while that's sinking in, I'll give you some music. Ah! You can't handle the two. 
Before the match, the House of Truth came out for a promo, and Truth Martini just basically spoiled the TV tapings. He thought nothing of it. He announced that uh, at Death Before Dishonor X10 in September in Chicago, that Kevin Steen will defend the Ring of Honor World title against Rhino. Why? And, well, you will find out on TV in two weeks' time. Um, I don't know why they just decided to spoil it, but anyway... So that match will happen there. And then they were going to say, I believe that Strong was going to get Michael Elgin Survivor of the Fittest title shot, which apparently still exists. We thought they'd forgotten yep. about it. Um, but no, surprise, surprise, Elgin said that he's going to cash in in Canada at Glory by Honor 11 in October. I think it's October 13th. So uh, there's the next two challenges for Steen. You've got Rhino in September and then Elgin in October. Um, so we can only assume that Strong will cost Elgin his match and that will lead to a final battle match between Strong and Elgin in December. And I believe someone on the podcast called that out. Who was it? I'll take credit. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, well done, John, for predicting that one because someone definitely called that out. I remember them saying it. It might but have Harry, been Steven, but go on, sorry. I'm sorry. It, wasn't it um, you have one year from Survival of the Fittest to cash it in? I think so. When, when, when was the last? When was Survival of the Fittest 2011? I mean, I have. It was in November. Oh, was it in November? Ah. Yeah, I think they're just cutting close, and I think that's why they're doing it because they remembered. Oh, whoops, we have to uh, give them a title shot. <laughs> but aren't they doing? Uh, aren't they doing the Survival of the Fittest in September 22nd? Yeah, so there's actually going to be two Survival of the Fittest winners at the yeah. same time without Wait. from cashing in. What isn't September 22nd? Uh, uh, it's Appreciation in Baltimore. Oh, it's Baltimore. No, no, was it Survival of the Fittest in New Jersey? Nope. It's been announced today for uh, September 22nd in Baltimore. Oh, wow. Last last Baltimore TV tapings. All right. His title shot is October 13th in Canada, so it's actually two two at the same time. So what if the guy who wins on September 22nd cashes in before Elgin does on October? Well, that could be strong. That would be hilarious. Ooh. Yeah. Who knows? Tune in. Um, Anyway, so... Roderick Strong also announced that he was going on strike from the House of Truth for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that came out completely this... nowhere. It made no sense. No, it made no, no sense. Did it now? Transpired brilliant. Well, Elgin and Charlie House started to have a match, and then after about what two minutes, Roderick Strong came out with a six pack of beer, sat outside <laughs> and started drinking it during the match. He he was <laughs> chanting Charlie House a lot, and at one point said, "Come on, Haas, you're my favorite wrestler." And at that point, I thought John had somehow disguised himself as Roderick Strong. <laughs> you, uh, I want to tell you all a secret. I am Roderick Strong. <laughs> Weren't you Kevin Kelly a few weeks ago as well? Uh, I, am, uh, I am everybody in Ring of Honor. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll go to you, John. You're the huge Charlie Huss fan around here. What do you think of this match and all the chaos going on at ringside with Roderick Strong? This match sucked. Oh, my God. This match was terrible, I thought. <laughs> I, I cannot re- other than the weird uh, Roderick Strong involvement. I cannot remember one thing that happened in this match. 
I completely forgot that Haas even won until you just mentioned it, and I was looking at the live report reading over it. Like, this match was bland. It was boring. I don't understand what they're doing with Elgin. He was making his name by having kind of fast-paced, you know, 10 to 15-minute matches against smaller people he could just dominate. And lately, they're putting him in slow, plodding along matches that go nowhere and do nothing for anybody, like he had against Haas, like he had against Finley. Mm. And these aren't the matches that are going to hardly get him over. It's going to get people to get bored with him and yeah, just not exactly. care about him anymore. And, yeah. the, and the Roderick Strong involvement was weird to me. It seemed mm. like they were going for a comedy match that wasn't meant to be funny. It I was. Agree, yeah. I just thought that aspect just failed it, miserably it, and came across as so awkward. In my opinion, Roderick Strong shouldn't have been out there at all. He should have. First of all, Michael Elgin should have won this match because Charlie House is a tag team wrestler who loses nothing by. You know, losing to Elgin, and it would give Elgin a bit of a push because Charlie Haas is sort of a veteran, so getting a win over him would be great for him. So, in my opinion, Elgin should have won. And after the match, Strong come out and attack him, or, or perhaps Strong tries to interfere, but it doesn't work, and Elgin still wins. But to have Strong sat up there the entire match drinking beer, yeah, it's a little bit funny. But as John said, it wasn't really supposed to be a comedy match, and it, it, and the fact didn't uh, Haas even won with a roll up and. I don't like roll-ups. Eddie Edwards special. <laughs> the Eddie Edwards special, yeah. He might have been training with him and Dan Seven, perhaps. But oh Now, God. Macklin, before this match started, uh, before, sorry, the podcast started, you said yeah. you liked the Roderick Strong stuff. So oh, it was exact so opposite great. to me and John. It was so great live. He just came out. He was interacting with the fans. He gave a fan a beer. I don't know if they showed that. He, he gave Ray to Scott a beer. Yeah, sure. and then he... Uh... <laughs> And then he, uh, it, it was just, it was great. Like it took, a, it, it distracted everybody from the match, which was <laughs> a good thing, probably. not necessarily a bad thing. But, uh, but the thing was, is that like from the whole match, Haas just worked over um, Elgin's leg, like for a good like twenty minutes, he just worked over his leg and worked yeah. over his leg, and he was setting up for the Haas of pain. Didn't and he? then, yeah, and then just everybody, and then it just broke down into chaos with everybody just watching Roderick Strong and nobody caring about the match, and then. I look. I looked. I literally looked over at Roderick, and then I looked back, and Haas had won. And I was like, "What the hell just happened?" It, it annoys me when wrestlers work over a certain body part for the entire match, and it just doesn't play into the finish. It, it was like, yeah. well, "What was the point in doing it?" Yep. How about you, Des? Uh this is the Elgin match, right? Wow, you've not been paying attention, but uh, oh, really? yes. <laughs> Uh, God, this this is one of what was like two or three really slow matches on this card, and I was like, why are they, why are they putting these slow paced, boring matches on here? And and, and it, the confusing was, or the finish was so confusing. <laughs> I was gonna say the confusing was so finish, um, <laughs> but the finish was so confusing because you got you know, first you got Bill or beer spilled on Haas, and then you got beer in Elgin's face, and it was just like, wait. Why is beer so important in this match? Are they being sponsored by Natty Ice? I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, you never know, actually. Who knows? But uh, I think that really wraps up that one, to be honest. And yeah, nothing so far, as apart from the Roderick Strong Mike Mondo match, has really impressed anyone, yeah. which is not great for Ring of Honor pay per view. And we'll give our overall thoughts at the end. But anyway, uh, up next, the Briscoes <laughs> defeated Scum, uh, also known as. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jimmy Jacobs and Steve Carino, also known as Scum, rather. Which stands also known for, as... Um, oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Steen, Carino, 
Um, because no one <laughs> remembers Jimmy Jacobs. Um, I think John came up with that on the live show. And Brilliant man, John. According to the report here, this was a relaxed rules match. John, <laughs> what is a relaxed rules match? Uh-oh. A relaxed rules match is when the re- rules are relaxed. Wow, that is some great insight from John there. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go on my uh, rules tangent here in a little later during the. Oh no! Please, match. we've had that before. Not that again. Oh, um, it's happening. So the match goes outside. Basically, relaxed rules means the ref won't be as strict with sort of count outs and DQs and things. So, which sort of made sense really. And there was <clears> good <throat> brawling on the outside at the start. And overall, I thought this was actually a good match, which is probably the first good match since the opener on the card, to be honest with you. And I I enjoyed it. And uh, the end of the match saw the Briscoes pick up the win with the Doomsday device on Jacobs, of course. To be honest, I think we said it in the pre-show, it would have been good for, I think Macklin actually said this, that Scum should have got the win so that they have some sort of, some more legitimacy going forward into the tag tournament because the Briscoes don't need to pick up wins here. And if Scum would have picked up the win... They look like everyone would be like, oh, maybe these guys are going to win that tournament, you know, the next pay per view. So, for some, I think just Jimmy Jacobs' contract says he has to be pinned in every match he's in, no matter what. Yeah. No matter what it is, I think it does. I don't know why he signed that. <clears throat> it's the anti J Lethal contract, isn't it? Even if he wins, <laughs> he somehow has to be pinned. <laughs> um, so I'll go to you, Macklin. You were there live. What did you think of uh, the Briscoes and Scum? I was more concerned with, uh, well, not more concerned, but I was more uh, focused on uh, just yelling at Jimmy Jacobs because while he was on the outside and Carino was doing all the work, he was interacting with the fans very nicely. I, at one point, yelled, get in there, Jimmy, because they were beating uh, Carino down the corner and just kind of turned around and shrugged his shoulders, you know, so, (laughs) you know. Um, But, no, I thought it was a good match. Um, What I think they should have done was made this a a, uh, tournament match and had Scum go over. Um, mm, yeah, I, that would have been good actually to start the tournament here. I know it was sort of it's after the tapings, but I'm sure with Ring of Honor strange taping logic, they could somehow fix it together. Yeah, I thought that. Um, I just I don't know. I mean, if the birth, it 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 gives people false hope because if they see, um, you know, if they see the Briscoes and Scum actually face off in this tournament, which looks like it might happen, you know, they're not they're going to go. Off, they're not going to give them much of a chance, you know, because they already lost to the Briscoes. But then on the other hand. Is always a surprise factor. People could always see that match on the TV tapings and go, "Hey, uh, well, they lost to the Briscoes. The Briscoes are going to beat them, and then have Scum pull out the victory and go, oh, well, I didn't see that coming.' So it could mm-hmm. go both ways, you know." Yeah. Uh, John, what did you think of the match? I thought this was an, a really good match, but that's to be expected with four wrestlers who are as good as these four are. Mm. And I have to say, the Briscoes are probably my favorite tag team in the world right now they're so entertaining <laughs> to watch redneck like, everything they do, they, they can, they're so serious but so funny at the how same time how do you describe that move mark briscoe does where he's oh the one that so... jimmy jacobs copied too yeah how do you yes. just dis- i know macklin i think you were disappointed you didn't see that live at the last pay-per-view because of the uh the loose ropes but you finally yeah, saw it. got to see it again twice yeah uh, i would th- say it's kind of like a crab walk on the ropes? It is hilarious, whatever it is. And there has to be a, an animated GIF somewhere of that move because I need that as my <laughs> yeah. avatar. That, oh, that's a great idea. On the forum. Yeah, someone on the forum, sort that out. Um, <laughs> Des, if you're actually listening this time, what did you think of this? I am. Good. Hello. <laughs> Go um, ahead. <laughs> this is the worst podcast ever. Sorry, guys. No, you haven't, um, you haven't listened to episode one, clearly. 
true. <laughs> I, I thought it was a fine match. You know, I, I also agree that um, Carino and Jacob should have gone over because, I mean, they I don't think have gotten a single win together as a tag team. And yet they're in a tag team tournament for the tag titles. How does that make any sense? <laughs> so I think they should have gone over to kind of establish a little bit of credibility. But instead, you get the Briscoes and um, we're going to get a an underdog tag team in Carino and Jacobs, which makes no sense because they're heels. But anyway, that's Ring of Honor for you. <laughs> so up next, we have the uh, two out of three falls match where Jay Lethal, unbeatable oh. Jay Lethal, surprise, surprise, oh. defeated Tommaso Ciampa. The man who was undefeated for 18 months was pinned. Twice in one night by Jay Lethal, the man who ended his streak for no reason. The first uh, time in like 40 seconds or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. We had um, the, the match started with now it was the second injury of the night, bearing in mind the first one with Mondo was probably a, a, a work. But I think this was a legit injury with Champa. That's not been confirmed yet, but the fact that he was sort of he landed awkwardly on his knee and he was sort of favoring it the entire match and couldn't really do a lot of moves. On it, he was limping a bit, but Lethal never once attacked it. Leads me to think that it was a legit injury because if it was a, a work, wouldn't Lethal keep attacking it? I don't know, but yeah. um, I can only imagine that because of his injury, the first fall happened in what was it, a minute and a half, if that, or yeah. something ridiculous. From what I remember, he hit the Lethal <laughs> injection, then he hit the Lethal combination, and he pinned Champa, which is yeah. ridiculous considering he was undefeated for 18 months and he can lose in. Sort of the Daniel Bryan effect, but doesn't really yeah. work here. Um, and then the second fall, Champa won with the Project Champa, but because of his knee injury, he didn't actually do it onto his knees. He sort of, or was it only onto his right knee? I think because I think his left one was the hurt one. So it was sort of a strange Champa, Project Champa rather. And my cat is cutting a promo on this match. Um, <laughs> and the third and final fall came when uh, I think Prince Nana came out to attack Evans but then Champa sort of took him out over the guardrail um, wasn't the referee down or distracted at one point and Champa used a low they blow changed low blows yes. at one point yeah, yeah. Champa used a low blow but either he went for the pin count and he kicked out or the ref didn't see it or something but at the end of the match um, while the ref was still distracted with sort of Nana and Evans on the outside um, lethal hit a low blow on it of his own before hitting the lethal injection to pick up the win in this match unnecessarily. So is this a heel Jay Lethal now? Yeah. Well, he uh, did the heel. TV what was that, John? Jay Lethal heel. Maybe that could be his oh. new, uh, new oh, hashtag. His new oh, hashtag dear. T-shirt. Yeah. Oh. Don't forget the unbeatable nickname. You got to put that in there somewhere. Um. Now, Macklin, when I started, when I simply said two out of three falls, you groaned. Uh, yeah. What did you think of this one? I don't and... even need to see any falls in this match. They shouldn't have had this match. It should have been. It should have been like I don't know, maybe TJP and somebody versus the Bucks. There was just no need for this match. Mm. We've yeah. seen it time and time again, and I know you can hear the. Fr- it's not even frustration in my voice anymore. It's just I'm depressed. You know, it's just like. Watching this match was just so draining, you know, and you knew Nana was going to come out because Nana was there. He was signing autographs, you know, and, and he said on Twitter to you, didn't he, that he was going to destroy Champa or something. Yeah, I asked him. I said, uh, I said, I saw I saw around Champa dump you on your head a couple of weeks ago. What's up with that? And I goes, you're going to be in Providence. And he said, I'm going to end his career. <laughs> so, huh? <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> and uh, he actually, uh, in a little side note, when I did go up to the uh, the, t- the table, he did recognize me and he did mention you guys. Uh, he said that you guys were uh, FBI agents. By the way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I, said, I'm, I said I said I'm friends with the guys from ROH World. You got you did the uh, you did the interview a couple of weeks ago, and he goes, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they like some FBI agents. <laughs> So. I thought he would go, huh? Who are those guys? I'm going to say, uh, haven't listened to the episode. I recommend you go back on ROH World or iTunes and listen to the interview with Nana. It is, it is so funny. He talks about peanut butter soup and Princess Mia's gas. I mean, it is, it is crazy. It's really yeah. good and, times. And a little side note, just for, uh, just, just for a little, uh, just, just to get myself over. Eddie, Eddie Edwards recognized me just from my Twitter uh, avatar. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't. Um, I mean, I think that. Jay Lethal winning with a low blow was uh, was was kind of heelish and um, but he still had to use the lethal injection, which sort of nullifies the low blow, in my opinion. Yeah, but you know, and he also on the didn't on the TV tapings didn't uh, he say spoilers, spoilers? spoilers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't know if this is heel lethal. I they need to do something with Lethal's character. They need to um, <laughs> being unbeatable is not the right thing to do either. Yeah, I, but they need to they need to to do something to freshen him up. You know, ever since you know when he was Hydro back in like two thousand three, two thousand four, and then when he went to TNA, and then when he came back, he's just always been the same guy with the same move set. They just they need to do something different. You know, mm-hmm. and the crowd was one hundred percent behind him, and I was just sitting there going, "Why is this guy special?" <laughs> What is it about him that makes them want to put him over in every match? He, mm. You know, you were saying about Mondo earlier, it would get annoying for Mondo to win every time. And I completely agree because every time Mon- every time uh, Lethal wins, I just want to rip the hair out of my head. Like, he doesn't need to. Yeah, he still should have never ended the streak at, uh, yeah. at Border Wars. That was the wrong move. And I'll be honest with you, I thought this match was, was decent. I, I did sort of enjoy it. It was a lot better than the infamous time limit draw at 10th anniversary but we all agreed before the podcast uh, sorry before the show on the pre-show that champa needed to win this you know he his streak ended against lethal needs to get that revenge desi even suggested two clear falls but i made the point that you know it's two out of three falls it's unbeatable jay lethal he he would never be pinned twice in one night so it's very disappointing how he's booked and i have no idea why he's got this sort of contract or whatever or why the bookers love him so much but um john i'll go to you what did you think out of the two out of three falls match it was disappointing that champa got hurt because i thought this Mm. match was surprisingly they they coped well with you know saying he was injured they did cope well yes i had no desire to see this match but as it was going i was getting more and more into it and it was a really good match it was just a shame that Ciampa had to get injured because who knows how good it could have been as many times as we've seen these two wrestlers they do have good chemistry together and they always put on besides the terrible time limit draw they put on pretty good matches together but I agree I don't see why Lethal went over I just it does nothing for him and it kind of shows that Ciampa can beat up on some jobbers, but once it comes to legitimate competition, he can't win. That's what yeah. it looks like to me. Mm-hmm. Very disappointing. Um, Des, do you have anything else to add on this one? I thought um, I thought this one really picked up after about the first fall and 
kind of went into the second fall. I thought that's when it really kicked into a new gear. Mm. Um, but, you know, it was just a match. I, I really didn't feel like it was a blow-away performance from either guy. And, uh, you know, it was just there for me. Mm, I think I think John made a good point that it would be interesting to see if only the injury didn't happen, who knows how it would have been different. But to be honest, Lethal still would have won, so we'd probably still be complaining about that strange decision. But surely this is leading to Lethal getting a title shot, perhaps in New Jersey. But that's a DVD house show anyway. So, Harry, what I didn't like about what I don't like about Lethal is is that they have to have him win decisively every single time. Like at Border Wars when he ended Chomp the Streak, it, you know, I mean, I could see like you know maybe like. like um, Champa going for the uh, the project Champa and missing, and then Lethal hitting like the Lethal injection or something. But it took like a, a what was it, ten backbreakers? Yeah, yeah. Like it was decisive. Like they were like, mm-hmm. okay, his streak is over, and we're gonna make sure that you know that Jay Lethal was the one that ended it. Yeah. You know, we're gonna leave no doubt in your head. You're not gonna go like two months from now. Oh, who beat Lethal? I mean, who beat um, Champa? You know. Oh, was it? Oh no, it was definitely Jay Lethal because there was it, ten frigging backbreakers to do. <laughs> what bothered me most about this match is I believe it was the last fall when Lethal hit the lethal injection after he hit the low blow. Why did he start to do the back handspring? Because he's a heel. He don't need those ropes. Uh, he he wanted to show off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, moving on, we had the mix, I don't know why this was, I didn't realise this was second to last, I don't know why it was in this position, Eddie Edwards and Sarah Del Rey defeated Mike Bennett and Maria, um, during this match, McGuinness was just in love with, with Maria, basically, for the oh entire match. Oh my god, he was annoying here, I love Nigel, but he went like total Jerry Lawler mode here. He was a bit over the top, and I remember earlier in the night when Bennett and uh, Maria attacked Cole after his match with Brutal Bob, he said something like, Maria's running like someone lit a tampon on fire. Which is just... Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh, God. Yeah, he was a bit... He took the perversion a bit too far here, Nigel. Uh, his obsession with Maria, and especially with the finish, which, which happened when... Um, I think Maria went under the ring, Sarah Del Rey went under there, as well, and perhaps Mondo was under there, or Hornswoggle, and they raped Maria or something. But I think it was uh, Mondo. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Del Rey came out from under the ring holding Maria's clothes, but Detective <laughs> Investigator John did some close examination of Maria exiting with a towel and found out... What did he find out, John? Uh, after some thorough research and tough investigation, I found <laughs> that Maria so was, still, was still... In her wrestling gear, underneath Bobby Cruz's jacket. Uh, yes, she did. She didn't commit to the gimmick. She, 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 is, she is not quite on Lita's level from the live sex celebration a few years ago. If you're going <laughs> to commit to something, you got to commit. That's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and after this sort of kerfuffle on the outside with Maria's clothes apparently being stolen, um, Bennett was then put in the in a submission hold by Edwards. I can't remember which one. And there we, there we go. And Edwards yeah. picked up the win for his team. Um, I'll go to you first, Des. What did you think of the mixed tag team match? It was okay. I mean, the only part I really enjoyed was the finish because Mike Bennett was so appalled that Sarah <laughs> Del Rey had um, she had taken his girlfriend's clothes, and he was so appalled that he let go of the submission. He's like, "No!" Cost <laughs> 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 I thought it was a cool story, just to finish. Funny little story. 
John? Oh, this match made me mad. This match was advertised. <laughs> oh, oh, I know why. I know. I was I was there chatting to him live on Skype, but I know what, what made him mad. Go on. This match was advertised as a mixed tag team match, was it not? Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. The rules of a mixed tag team match means that only wrestlers of the same sex may be in the ring at the same time. For example, it must be a man versus a man or a woman versus a woman. And say a woman tags in, the other woman must also tag in, and vice versa. We did not get that in this match, as it, it should have been advertised as an intergender tag team match. That means men and women could be in the ring at the same time against each other. So it was a fundamental flaw in the base in the very basic, most basic part of this match. Now, did you tweet Kevin Kelly? Because I remember during Best in the World, the hybrid fighting rules match, there were several fouls that you that were not called, but you tweeted Kevin Kelly to let him know of <laughs> his mistake. Did you let Kevin <laughs> Kelly know what was going wrong? That's awesome. I, I did not. I did not notify Kevin Kelly. I was so outraged. I was. I was. I couldn't function. I couldn't pay attention to this match. I was just fuming at what was going on. How dare they just disregard the basic rules of professional wrestling? That is just. That is terrible. Now, I mean, do do they not stand for anything anymore? They used to have honor in this company. <laughs> now what they have, they blatantly disregard the rules. This is worse than worse than the ether incident, isn't it? Ooh, oh, it's God. way worse. They're two different levels, Harry. Because <laughs> Ether was within the rules of that match. That's true. That's very true. Um, now, Macklin, I'm assuming you weren't furious like John, so you actually paid oh. attention to the match. So, what did you think of the mixed tag team match? Well, you know what? Just to uh, just to let John know that I was thinking about him during this match when Sarah Del Rey kicked Mike Bennett and and Maria didn't tag in. I went, "Oh God, John was wrong." <laughs> 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 oh, there should have been a John was wrong chant. That would have been. Oh, God. oh God. But I was oh, not wrong. Just, it was Ring of Honor. Who was wrong? His match, there was a guy, and I can only describe him in finger quotations as bad chant guy, that was ruining this match for me because he tried to get chants going that didn't make any sense. Tried, <laughs> Give us an example, tried, please. Oh, dude, he tried to get an ECW chant going for some reason. <laughs> what? What? During the mixed he, tag team match? Yeah, I, no kidding. And then he, oh, what was another one? Oh, he tried to get um, this is awesome chant started like three seconds into the match, and the crowd was chanting back at him. This just started, you know. So <laughs> it was just, it was horrible. I just kept focusing on him and screaming at him the whole entire time. Um, but from what I saw of the match, um, Maria looked fantastic. Um, As yeah, Sarah Del Rey. Um, when I went up to her at the DVD table, I said, uh, or the uh, the autograph table, I went, um, I went. You lost a lot of weight. You look amazing and unapproachable. And she went, Oh, thank you, and signed my autograph. So <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty awesome. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Sarah Del Rey looked awesome, and um, you know, Bennett did his you know usual sports entertainment moves, and you know, as much as much shit as we give Eddie Edwards, um, you know, he's great in the ring. You know, he. Mm. He's awesome. He can keep up with anybody. I think you could stick him in any, you know, Federation, WWE, TNA, you know, PWG, where he's been, um, wherever, and he could just keep up with any of today's biggest stars. Um, but the match was a little bit disappointing. I wanted to see a lot more of um, of Sarah Del Rey. Um, I didn't get to see as, as much of her as I wanted to. Um, 
Maria still looks like uh, she still looks good in the ring. Um, I know that she wrestles um, in other promotions. I don't know them off the top of my head, but I know she's a champion in at least two promotions, a women's champion. So I was expecting her to be good, and she was. But um, the match was just it was just there. Mm. It, I, I honestly can't remember anything apart from the finish because I just read read it here and I remember John talking about Maria still had clothes on but <laughs> I, I think this match would have been much better received if it went on earlier like say right before intermission yeah. or something like that as the co-main yeah, event yeah. this was super weak and I think the fact that we've seen Edwards versus Bennett so many times now that yeah. sort of what, what can they do that's different if perhaps they were fresh opponents maybe would have a different opinion but it was just sort of there and uh, just a side note Macklin did you actually get the uh, Eddie Edwards chop your face t-shirt Actually, no, I did not. I didn't have time to get it because I had to drive a friend from. Um, I know, I know, you're over in the UK, Harry, but it's about 25 miles to Newport, Rhode Island, um, right after the show was over. So uh, I didn't, I didn't get a chance to get it. But I did pick up about, uh, let me see, about 12 DVDs. I think it was. Wow. It and should be I... noted about the, uh, the chop your face that he's had that on the T-shirt for quite a while now, and he's done it once. He's yeah. done this chop your face move once. And I remember Kevin Kelly was like, oh my God, the chop your face. And he just, <laughs> the, the CYF. Guy, the CYF, that's what he called it, yeah. Oh, Jesus. I think he did it to I Homicide. I think he did it to Homicide at, uh, at Best in the World. Really? I think he did, yeah. I, I have the DVD. I'm going to watch it tonight when I go to work. So uh, I'll let you guys know if he did. I, I believe he did it. The CYF, wow. Devastating move. Yeah. Um, it's been banned like the package pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> so have to just discontinue that t-shirt then soon yeah. um, but that's enough said I think about the mixed tag team match which gets us to the main event which was announced before the match that it is now a no rules match Oh yeah. Um, I don't think we need to go to John to explain the rules of a no rules match <laughs> no, please do John I'm confused he probably would, would try if I asked him but anyway to be honest I think they should actually announce this match as a no rules match before the pay per view it might have got yeah. more buys you never know. Someone going, oh, that would be crazy. Them two, no rules. and might have picked it up. Bit of a strange move to add it last minute. But they did anyway. And um, they they started brawling. I think there was a table spot. Then we had Steen put Kingston through a table. But the table was sort of the other way around. It normally is. So the metal bit was facing up. And from what we understand, it must have been a worked injury. Um, they had Definitely. Kingston selling his back. He was then being carried out on a stretcher. Um, and while he was being carried out, Steen cut a promo to sort of waste some time. I don't really know why they did this this bit at all. It just sort of... Drama. Took the momentum out of the match. It was just like, oh, it just started getting going. Then they have a fake injury and everyone thought... Like, at first I thought, wait, is this real? But as soon as he got back in the ring, he knew it wasn't. So it, it was a strange move. They should, should have just done the full match. Or have Kingston be carried out, have Steen cut a promo... Have Rhett Titus come out and face him instead. I wouldn't have complained about that because later on in the match, Rhett Titus came out at one point and I think he just sort of took uh, Carino through the curtain and that was it. Like, what was the point in that sort of interference? Yeah, it seems, yeah, so once you leave the ringside area, it's impossible for you yeah, to return back to the curtain. When the match started, Carino was on commentary <laughs> and <laughs> Kingston grabbed him and Jacobs, threw him through the curtain... And he must have set up some sort of force field because they just couldn't come back through. They weren't sort of thrown through it or punched or knocked out. They were casually out. walked back there. Just sort of casually walked them through the curtain. That was it. They were gone. I mean, some sort of force field. So I don't know what was going on there. 
It's but, one of those re- weird rules. Like, um, also another one is when the first bars of the uh, of the good guys' music plays, the heel is automatically paralyzed. He can't do anything. <laughs> um so yeah while he was being carried out steen cut a promo and he said something about you know how he kingston was dedicating this match to larry sweeney and that sweeney thinks uh kingston is a pussy apparently and that's what he said kingston then snaps and ran back into the ring um and there's a lot of brawling i think there was maybe one or two more table spots on top of the two we'd already had um, the end of the match saw Steen hit a low. Sorry, he he hit a low blow for a two, and then the F5. But Kingston kicked out. Uh, Steen then set up some chairs and hit another F5 onto those chairs to retain the title. Um, I will go to you first, Macklin. What did you think of the main event and the strange sort of injury angle? Um, you were definitely right, Harry. You were spot on when you said it took momentum out of the match. Um. I don't, I don't know. Like, um, I mean, well, let me, let me, let me preference this by saying that at the beginning, before the pay-per-view came on the air, they said they had 90 seconds before the whole, before the whole pay-per-view started. And Bobby Cruz said to the crowd, can you um, please keep it PG? Don't shout swears. Don't, you know, or whatever. And then I think it's funny when, you know, at the end of the, uh, at the end of the night, they have Steen, you know, up on the ropes and they're carrying out Kingston and earmuffs for anybody who didn't hear it said that, um, you know, he, oh, you dedicated this match for Larry Sweeney, but if, uh, you know, but Larry Sweeney thinks you're a fucking pussy, you know, mm. and then he went and he <clears throat> then like right before that, he was saying he was calling people faggots and calling them into the ring and stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what Ring of Honor is going for here, you know, and a lot of people were mad at Steen for using, you know, Larry Sweeney's name, the deceased, you know, and he said on Twitter something like, uh, oh, you know, even though I used his name, I didn't say anything bad about him or whatever. So stop like complaining to me. That's, you know? He does have a point in there. So we didn't say anything have a bad about it. him. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it either, to be honest. Yeah, it was, match- more, it was it was a logical way to get Kingston to come back. Like you, you were like, oh, I can't believe he said that. And then like you, you sort of did get behind Kingston a bit. Wanted to yeah. come and see him kick Steen's ass, but uh, sorry, sorry to cut you off. The um, the, the just two, just two more things, and I'll let you continue. Is um, um, the thing about um, an, like I don't know why they have to feel like they feel like they have to give uh, Steen no rules matches to get him over, you know. And mm. another thing is, is like um, if it was no rules, wouldn't that mean that the package pile driver was legal? So why did he have to use the F5 or the F sank, as he calls it? And another thing is, is um, my, my buddy, Paul, that was with me, brought up a good point. He said, you know, um, why do they have two out-of-shape fat guys wrestling in the main event in a company that promotes athleticism? Yeah. You know? mm. And it looked like Steen gassed out, like, halfway through that match. Mm. He, looked like he, needed a, he looked like he needed that break after putting... Uh, do you think they put... You know they put them in giving matches because they have more rest in them. They have more. Know. They have more downtime after these sort of spots, and unlike normal standard matches. Now, you know, Steen is a good wrestler. We have we have definitely seen him put on good singles matches. But oh yeah, has he got to the point now where he has to do hardcore matches? I mean, is this him or Ring of Honor? There has to be a reason why they keep putting him in giving matches because. Surely his match with Rhino is going to have to be a gimmick match as well. That that can't. Here in a... pro wrestling, here in pro wrestling, Gorilla in, in uh, the Los Angeles area, he 
I mean, he does do the hardcore match on occasion, but for the most part, he does, you know, he doesn't do the gimmick match here. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he does get exhausted, and I'm sure as he, he's getting older too. That's that's the other thing. He's getting older, and he's out of shape. I mean, he's. I know a lot of people give Steen this criticism, but he's really gotta. I'm not saying get to the point where he looks like everybody else, but he's got to lose a little bit of weight just because, mm. I mean, if he's going to be a world champion and just look five years from now, the kind of moves he does is going to do a big number on his knees. I mean, it's, it's mm. crazy how bad his knees are going to be messed up in the next five, ten years. Now, Macklin made a good point that Ring of Honor just sort of, their pride is sort of athleticism and top wrestling, and you do have these sort of overweight guys, I suppose, in the main event, which is sort of a bad thing because... I remember recently I was trying to get one of my friends into Ring of Honor and, uh, you know, I'd tell him all this stuff about how oh, it's, oh, it's the best matches, better than, you know, what you watch in WWE, etc. And then you, you sort of bring them, you know, outsiders to watch the product and they see people like this in the main event. It's going to be hard to convince them that this is what Ring of Honor is about, if that makes sense. Well, I don't yeah. have a problem with Kingston. He's a, you know, kind of overweight guy, but it fits in with this brawler, tough guy, you know, crazy person persona. And it seems like it fits him. Steen, he just needs to lose weight. Where he was a few years ago, where he was still, you know, kind of a overweight guy. He was still athletic. Where he was when he was, you know, teaming with Generico towards the end of that run. I think it was, you know, it was an okay weight for him. You know, still bigger than what you're used to, but it, it I mean, was still good. But I mean, I Kingston, it's okay on. for him. It's yeah. he just looks like a guy that came came off the street and just could beat anybody up. And I think that's the look that he needs to stick with. Now, personally, you know, I think Steen is fantastic. He has been putting on good matches, and his promos are always great. But I think if they want to get new fans, perhaps he's not the right guy to have the belt in his current shape. I just, I don't know if that's the type of image they want to give off. Because personally, you know, I think it's, he's well deserved to be champion, and it's long overdue when he finally did win the belt. But from a new fan's perspective, is this sort of the right guy to be champion? I, I don't know to be honest. But well, Harry, right there, you hit the nail right on the head. And I know this sounds really crazy. That's the storyline <laughs> like that right in its essence is the storyline they're trying to convey. And it's kind of sad that the story is very true. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Anyway, um, has everyone shared their thoughts on the main uh, event? I mean, I think we've... I just got to say I was really looking forward to this match. Did it deliver was... on your expectations? Yeah, I was expecting this. I you really liked this. their match at the uh, Unity sort of synergy weekend in uh, whenever that was. That, that match was worlds better than this match. I I thought they ruined this match by making a no rules match because all it became was spot after spot after spot with no. So many table reason. spots. With at their match at the Chikara show during the Synergy weekend, they told a great story in the ring. They put on a fantastic hard hitting, you know, fifteen minute match, and I think that's all they really needed to do here was go out there, brawl, beat the crap out of each other for 10, 15 minutes, and have Steen, I don't know, cheat or hit the hit the F sync or something. I just, I don't know. I'm just getting sick of seeing Steen in like, like you've been saying in these giving matches, every single pay-per-view when we know he's capable of doing so much more than that. Mm. So, uh, I think that sort of wraps up the matches on the card. Now it should be noted that on Steen's sort of departure from the ring, he got into a sort of, war of words with a couple of fans in at ringside and uh he then went to sort of kiss one of the fans and mm-hmm. uh, obviously you know the fan was right in doing this he just pushed steen off and steen then knocked him and someone else out i mean macklin 
you bet you're probably better to tell the story. You, I know this is a, a work, but you were right, uh, right next to this. Yeah, <laughs> I was about maybe uh, five or six rows over from where the um, where where it happened. What I saw was is um, when Steen came out, he walked over that way, and the um, and the fan kind of said something to him, and he kind of laughed and shrugged off and went into the ring. And then Steen made it a point to go around to the side of the ring, and uh, he said something to the fan. Fan said something back to him. Steen grabbed his face and kissed him. The fan pie faced Steen, and then fe- then Steen decked him. Mm. That's what I saw, mm. and I actually have a picture on my phone that I'm going to tweet you guys after um, after we get off the podcast here. That I'm going to tweet to at ROH World um, of the fan on the ground, mm. um, completely knocked out cold. So, yeah, so um, what happened sort of after because the pay per view that happened and then Steen walked off up the ramp and the pay per view sort of ended. They didn't really sort of play into that or show much of it. What happened afterwards? Was he carried out or? They just picked him up off the ground. I mean, they picked him up off the ground, and when I was walking around towards like where the hard camera was, they had um, medical and EMT people, and Paul Turner was over there with another, uh, with two other referees, and the EMT people were just sitting at the table, and Paul Turner just kind of looked up and went, "What the f are you doing? Get over here!" And the EMT people kind of stood up like they didn't know if it was a work or if it was a, uh, if it was actually you know true. And the EMT people went over and were like, and we were like, oh, okay, this ha- this can't be a work because, you know, when when Kingston got hurt, the EMT people didn't even budge, you know. <laughs> so they were like, okay, this is this is this is a worked injury. But yeah. then when the man got hit, Paul Turner was like, this isn't effing fake. Get the f over here. And the EMT people went over and started helping that guy out. And as I was walking by, they were carrying him off with two hands around the, with each of their shoulder. And he was crying and shaking and bleeding from the mouth. And there was another fan laying on the ground next to him. Now, you say all that, that sounds very serious, but it turns out apparently it was a work. Has this been yeah. confirmed? Yeah, it's been confirmed. I read it on uh, PW Torch today that it was a, uh, or yesterday, that it was a, uh, <clears throat> that it was indeed a work, that it was uh, two of uh, Brutal Bob's, um, like, sort of uh, students. Uh, I'm, I'm so for the article. were they there for the whole you know you were sat near that were, they, were those fans there that entire time or did they just yeah appear? they were there yeah they were there yeah the people that i talked to said that they were there the whole entire time okay so i was looking for the thing on pw torch um because it was up there last night but uh i can't seem to find it right now well does this mean that um brutal bob is going to come back for revenge for his students and challenge steen for the world title <laughs> at final battle Oh, God. Confirmed. Right here. Yeah. You heard it here first. I'll Scoop. get the graphics ready. You get the article ready. Sorry. Oh, God. That's awful. Uh, but, so this is a work, right? What What is the point in this? Um. Well, I've heard numerous things saying that they tried to get Steen over as a heel at Best in the World by, um, by trying to basically turn him... Uh, turn had the you know him turn on the fans saying that he wasn't going to let the fans turn on him that he was going to turn on the fans before they did it because they did it to Davey mm-hmm. and they did it to uh, Tyler Black and they did it to um you know every other every basically every other champion didn't happen so to think, Eddie no but I think that he had that long of a title reign if That's he true. did you know maybe it would have but um yeah they said basically it was just a way for the fans to get um. You know, for the fans to hate Steen to get him over as a heel, you know, which really just makes no sense because a lot of people on our forum were just 
agreeing with Steen because from what everyone saw on the pay-per-view, the the fan pushed Steen, so Steen, Steen pushed him, uh, punched him, which to a lot of people makes sense. So I don't know why they are so obsessed with getting people to hate Steen. Just let him do his thing and let people decide whether they want to cheer him or not. Stop trying to do silly things like this, trying to get heat on him because... You know, for a few seconds, everyone thought maybe it was real, but he wasn't really getting much heat for it. A couple of days later, everyone knows, you know, people who look into this type of thing, go on the forums, etc., know it's a work already, so it defeats the whole point of it. Uh, Sorry, I'm sorry. I actually found the article. It says, uh, PW Torches learned that the show-closing segment of Kevin Steen striking two fans at the Boiling Point pay-per-view was a work, according to multiple sources. Uh, the idea which came from Booker Hunter Johnson, according to one source, was legitimate to get legitimate heat on Kevin Steen after the recent heel turn in New York at Best in the World pay-per-view flopped. Both of the men who were struck were instructed to sell the attack like a fan would and stayed the entire show to sell it. Uh, the second fan who got struck was wrestler Mighty Mini Mark Bourne. <coughs> the Northeast turned the wrong way and ended up getting hit full force in the face and bleeding from the nose and mouth. Uh, it says... Uh, one of the people who was there said, when I saw the attack live, I believed it was real because the second fan that Steen hit was legitimately knocked out cold, which um, added more realism to the angle. I didn't see the first fan get hit, but he sold it quite well. Unfortunately, Bourne took a hell of a blow that resulted in him bleeding from the nose and the mouth. It says, I'm not sure how this will add real heat to Steen's act going forward, given that he's booked as a cool rebel opposed, to, uh, uh, opposed by Cornette's fuddy-duddy grandpa character on television. <laughs> Which is so true, yeah. Why are we supposed to hate the guy that does what he wants, says what he wants, is very sarcastic, yeah. funny, and sort of says, screw you to the boss? I mean, who doesn't want to get behind that? Yeah, so the crowd was definitely stunned last night after the angle unfolded and didn't cheer for Steen, so perhaps it's a step in the right direction. It says, if our H's creative is bent on getting Steen real heel heat, they're going to have to change the way they present his character on TV. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. This is the wrong way to go about getting him heat. What about you, John? Okay. What about you, Dan? I uh, sorry, Oops. sorry. I was uh, I was just thinking about how stupid this is to get him more heat. I think it's just a weird way to go about it. I don't think anybody put heat on on him at all, and any heat no. that might have been on him completely got taken away. <laughs> the heat is put on but... the ring of on a booking team for being so stupid. That's where the where the heat's gone. But that's one thing I I kind of dislike about the internet and wrestling that you can find stuff like this out and it takes away a lot of the fun. <laughs> the Because for, for a while they were like, holy crap, this <laughs> team just knock out a fan, but now we're like, oh, no, of course not. Mm. And it just takes away, the internet kind of ruining some of the fun of pro wrestling. Oh, com that adds to the fun. Yeah, but ROHworld.com and the ROHworld.com forum, you can have worlds, hours and hours and hours and hours of fun <laughs> talking about just Ring of Honor wrestling. Hours of fun talking about Brutal Bob. Exactly, just like this podcast turned out to be. But, um, <laughs> so that that that's the yes. silly angle aside. Uh, we're now going to each give our overall thoughts. I'll go first. I think it was sort of as expected. We we previewed the show on the last week's podcast and the live pre-show. None of our hopes were that high. There was only a couple, two or three decent, like good matches. The rest were just sort of, eh. And I, I was thinking back earlier through all the sort of the, the eye pay per view history, all the way back until last June, Best in the World 2011. And 
every pay-per-view since then has had some sort of moment that you remember. Some either a match yeah. or a specific moment that stands out in your mind when you name that pay-per-view. Like Best in the World, Davey winning the belt. Uh, Death Before Dishonor after that was obviously the Ladder War. Then we had Final Battle that year was then the Steen and Carino match. We then had 10th Anniversary. I'm probably missing one or two here. 10th Anniversary where Cole pinned Davey. Then we had Showdown in the Sun where Elgin and Davey had that match of the year. Then we had Best in the World, Hybrid Fighting Rules, Border Wars, um, Steen winning the belt. Now to get a boiling point, what what is there? There's there's nothing. There's nothing special about this pay per view. It is, it, it, it I was watching it like well, I think I was just I went to lie in my bed. It was like three a.m. or whatever. And I was thinking, why am I staying up for a DVD? It just it didn't <laughs> pay per view. It just felt like a house show. I mean, why am I staying up till four a.m. tweeting about this and all this, putting all this coverage behind it when it's nothing special. It's not what a Ring of Honor pay per view is all about. And I can only hope that that Death Before Dishonor X10 and Glory by an Eleven sort of go back to the normal standard. But the fact that they're so close together, Ring of Honor has a small roster, one hour TV a week. How can they build so many pay-per-views? So pretty disappointed overall. If you didn't buy it, I wouldn't recommend it unless, you know, the results or what we said tempt you. But overall, meh. Three out of five for giving it stars. Not that we really do that, but um, after my rambling, <laughs> how about you, John? I uh, pretty much agree. It was pretty much your standard house show that you had to pay $15 to watch it live. I guess if you're one of those people that watch every show, I'd recommend it because it, it, it wasn't a terrible show by any means, but it wasn't up to the quality we're used to from uh, Ring of Honor iPay-Per-Views. So, I mean, I guess it's cheaper than the $20 plus the shipping you'd have to pay to watch this on DVD, but I wouldn't have watched this on DVD, so I feel like I just got, I feel like I just you spent got $15 on something I wouldn't have watched. Yeah, because they labeled it as iPay-Per-View, which made us buy it to then cover it, and obviously, you know, because of what we've seen before. So yeah, perhaps we were all sort of conned here, and Ring of Honor just laughing, rolling in their little pile of money, I'm assuming they got. I don't think it would have been loads, but... Um, the, the second money they got still got to be taller than Tony Casino, though. <laughs> Des? Um, you know, I, I just think this pay-per-view, it, it's really going to make people think twice about ordering the next one unless they uh, really push that, you know, Death Before Dishonor X10 is going to be this big deal. Because right now with nah. Boiling Point, <laughs> boiling point um, you know, they sold it at the exact same price point as they sell everything else, and it just fell flat. And I think they knew going in that this pay-per-view wasn't going to be extraordinary. Um, so I think what they need to do in the future is if they want I think they very well can put house shows on their website and charge for them. But just sell, make it like $9.99, $5.99. Just say, you know, you can watch this if you happen to be home on a Saturday night and you want to watch some live Ring of Honor. Here's a live house show you can watch. And or make it available on demand or something. Just yeah, you could do that yeah. too. Use get your own in-house version of SmartMark Video. I think I discussed that somewhere else too. Um, get your in-house version of that, and then you know you can you can boost house show attendance. Then you can be like this is also going to air live on ROHWrestling.com, something like that. But mm-hmm. right now, this show for fourteen ninety nine, I described it pretty much in one word as very. Um, and this is my one word here: 
forgettable. It's just a forgettable show, and nobody's yeah. gonna nobody's gonna be talking about this at the end of the year. When we get yeah, I was gonna say when we get to our 2012 year the end of the year awards, there'll be nothing from this pay per view considered or thought about. It is just a throwaway event and very disappointing. And I hope going forward next year they they schedule less pay per views because we've got too many lined up here. It's it is bad. But uh, for a final summary, we'll go to you, Macklin. You were there live. You paid probably more than us to see it, obviously for the ticket price and traveling there and whatever. So what's your sort of overall review of the, of the pay-per-view? Let me just say one thing before I give my uh, overall, uh, my overall review of the pay-per-view. Um, I know this is going to, this is going to sound crazy, but when I was at the DVD table, they have a Tuesday rollout today. Um, I already have the DVD cause it was already at the DVD table. It's Kevin Steen descent into madness. It's a two disc set that was put out today. And it chronicles the career uh, rivalry between Kevin Steen and El Generico. And it goes from um, June 12th of 2009. And it goes through the final battle with the Young Bucks when Steen turned on Generico. And it goes all the way to – there's 29 segments. There's 19 matches and 29 segments on the DVD. And the last match is the Kevin Steen versus El Generico unsanctioned fight without honor. Career versus mass match at final battle. And it has just um, the matches from um, the uh, it's Steen and Carino versus Kings of Wrestling world tag title match. Um, Steen versus Tyler Black at Salvation. And the uh, Stiffer Friends um, Bitter Enemies um, I Quit match where uh, I think it was Carino wore the white suit and bled all over the place. So uh, I started watching it last night. And I think that if anybody wants to... Uh, if you need to see if you haven't seen the the, the Generico and Steen uh, rivalry, this would be an awesome DVD to pick up because I started watching the first disc last night and I'm going to continue to watch the second disc when I get in from work tonight. Um, my thing with the pay-per-view was that, uh, yes, I did pay a lot more. I paid um, $45 for fifth row seats and I probably paid about $40 back and forth for gas because it was like an hour and a half ride for me. But um, being there live, I think I'm a little bit more jaded because um, I thought it was a great pay-per-view. I thought that the opener from Mondo to Strong, uh, Mondo and Strong was solid. Um, I thought the four-corner survival was okay for what it was. Um, I thought the tag match was okay, um, Scum and the Briscoes. I thought that uh, Lethal and uh, Champa could have been a, um, you know, a bathroom break, a very extended bathroom break. <laughs> um and um, I thought that the main event for, you know, what it was, I mean, I've been to, if you're an avid listener of the podcast, I've been to the New York shows and a couple of Boston shows. And every show that I've gone to, Steen has been in a no rules or a no disqualification match every single time I've gone. I've never seen him in a um, just a standard wrestling match. I mean, from final battle when he faced, um, when he faced Carino to... Um, to the 10th anniversary show to, um, you know, to, to, um, what else was there best in the world? And now this, mm. it, like, you know, I, I've never seen him in a regular wrestling match show off his regular wrestling skills. I just seen him with, you know, a check or a spike or, you know, whatever. It's just, I, I don't know if they're trying to make him like the king of hardcore matches, but he seems to be very one dimensional now. And I'm not turning on Steen. Don't get me wrong. I was all for Steen when he won at Border Wars, and I'm all for this title run. But I think, like you guys said earlier, 
he needs to lose weight, you know. And uh, Dez, you made a, a fantastic point earlier saying that, you know, storyline in real life has blended together. You know, like Jim Cornette doesn't want a fat, out-of-weight wrestler being the champion, and neither do the fans, but they're behind him because he's that anti-rebel type mm. of person, you know? So, I mean, you know, when you blend, you know, reality with, you know, gimmick, you can actually see where Jim Cornette is coming from in reality and storyline. And I think that's, I think, Des, you, that was really a great point by you, man. Um, uh, but, thanks. <laughs> review goes, it was four out of five for me because I was there live. And I got to meet Eddie and I got to meet uh, Prince Nana and I got to meet uh, Sarah Del Rey. And I have pretty much um, the rest of my year um, all booked up watching DVDs. So I think that uh, <laughs> a, uh, I think that my, my opinion is skewed. So I, I'll let you guys talk about what you saw because I didn't see if there was any like glitches in the pay-per-view. I couldn't hear the commentary. I didn't see the video packages. So No, this, the, there's no technical issues at all. Yeah, the stream was actually stream perfect. Was good. Stream was good quality. I wish the TV show was good quality as the stream was on the website because... I watched this week's TV show today, and the quality is terrible. When you make it full screen, you have like one pixel for each wrestler. I mean, come on. Twelve. My phone records in better quality than the, the Ringo on a TV, so they need to sort that out. Did um, you hear what Dean said about um about the the pay per view feed? Yes, he joked that because <laughs> for some reason they they took when Kingston was on the stretcher, they took him round where all the wires and cables were, and yeah, that was awesome. that they were going to cut the feed off or something, but um. I think that sort of wraps up the pay-per-view. So, uh, yeah, some sort of mixed opinions there. So um, what we're going to do now is move on to the usual segments of the show. We've got the TV show to talk about, the latest news and questions you've sent in. Because we've oh talked God. for, I don't know how long this has been going for. I, I do apologize. Wow. Um, we, we won't spend as long as we normally do on these. Perhaps Do we just skip the TV? Who's seen it? I didn't watch yeah. it. TV was, it was forgettable. Next segment. Oh, no, I thought it was awesome. actually good. Yeah, okay. So we'll do a quick run-through because me and John both actually quite liked it. Um, the right. Open had Kyle O'Reilly versus Matt Taven. O'Reilly won with a Fujiwara armbar, and Taven had no chance to tap out. And I thought this was a really good match, and it is a shame Taven is leaving because, you know, he's going to WWE apparently, or what it seems. So it is a shame that he's going. I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. Um, it's good to see O'Reilly. Some more of a heel attitude is quite aggressive. I wish it sort of control his sort of weird facial looks but um really good opener john i completely agree i thought this was a very good match and did a great job of getting o'reilly's heel act over mm. so this up next we had a jobber by the name of todd sopel versus rhino um another rhino squash match so this is how you get title shots you just win a couple of squash matches so surely uh, Champers do one now. Um, so basically, Rhino did the gore and won. Um, nothing really to say. The guy sold the gore very well, a lot better than the last job where they had to do it. So that was all good there. Um, up next, we had a quick promo by Truth Martini, who said that the House of Truth is a unit. They work together perfectly, and there's no sort of problems in the group at all. Um, he said that Strong and Elgin work fine, and they're going to face in a tag team match up next. So we have Roderick Strong and Michael Elgin taking on the Bravados, returning uh, from Japan, from Pro Wrestling Noah, their oh. TV return, and they put on a... I wish Stephen could review this with us. Stephen is, uh, he loves the bandwagon, he's the leader of the bandwagon, he's not here unfortunately, but 
Um, I'll let you send when I get it broke down. <laughs> it literally did. He's still stuck in parts unknown after he's texted me. But um, <laughs> uh, John, I'll let you summarize this uh, tag team match. Basically, the Bravados are so much improved from their tour in Japan. They, you know, gained muscle. They've gained skill. And according to Kevin Kelly, they even gained height. Yeah, Kevin Kelly said they got taller while in Japan. So anyone short out there, go to the person know it, Tojo for a bit, and you apparently get taller. But yeah, I thought this was a another pretty good match. Um, it got to show off how much the Bravados have improved, and it got to further show the tension between Michael Elgin and Roderick Strong, and it, they keep on teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. So I finally have happy that on boiling point something finally came of it of sorts. Mm. But I thought this was another good way of showing the tension between the two, and it was a nice way to get the bravados a win. And in situations like this, I think roll-ups work, because that was... A- yeah, I agree. That was a, that was a good, well-placed roll-up, and it made sense. It's not like Eddie Edwards having to roll up Brutal Bob. Um, we then get to the fourth and final match of this week's TV show, which was Unbeatable Jay Lethal and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, the All Night Express, taking on Ooh. Scum, Kevin Steen, Jimmy Jacobs, and Steve Carino. Yeah, I must say that Kenny King guy has got a bright future in Ring of Honor. I'm really impressed with his performance <laughs> in this six-man tag team match. Looking forward to the All Night Express Tag Team title reign as well going forward. Um, so yeah, this main event was a good, I think another good match. I mean, we've had three really good matches on TV this week, which is a complete contrast to last week, which had two sort of pretty meh matches. So I think one of these matches could have done, should have been on last week's show just to make last week's one a bit better. But I thought the main event was again, really good. I think unbeatable Jay Lethal sort of pissed me off at one point because he took, um, from what I remember, he went for the lethal injection, but Carino gave him a super kick. Uh, Jacobs then speared him he then took a basement clothesline from Carino and he then took a swanton bomb type move from Steen off the top rope and of course unbeatable Jay Lethal kicked out even though all three guys were beating him up anyway um, the end of the match saw Lethal pick up the win with the lethal injection on Jimmy Jacobs (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah anything you want to add on that John? No I'd love Six-man tags like this, multi-man tag matches, it'll be six-man, eight-man matches along the lines because it allows you to get a lot of interesting, different interactions between wrestlers who wouldn't normally interact with each other. And I think they always make fun, make for a fun, fun match. And I think they need to be utilized more, not in just Ring of Honor, but in wrestling in general. And I really enjoyed the main event. Yeah, so uh, that was a very quick run through, just because we're. Sort of going into overtime here. I think we'll get into a time limit draw at some point, but um, a really good show. And I'd actually recommend you check this one out because it should be available for everyone on rhwrestling.com on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, I'd recommend you check this week's TV show out. Three good matches and a, you get to see a good gore, so nothing really to complain about. So <laughs> now we'll move on to the news, which you can always find during the week at rohworld.com. <laughs>
got a groovy news tune there, man. I wanted to dance to that. That was funky. That was that was beautiful. That's actually longer, sexy. It's longer than the intro. We're kind of running low on time. (laughs) We still have plenty of time to play that entire. The short version is like 10 seconds long, but for some reason I clicked the extended one. Anyway, go ahead, newsman. Well, uh, as we just found out today, Survival of the Fittest will take place September 22nd in Baltimore, Maryland as part of Fan Appreciation Night. Uh, Survival of the Fittest is is one of my favorite things Ring of Honor does. It's a, uh, for those of you who are new Ring of Honor fans, it's a one-night tournament where there's six qualifying matches and the winner of each of those qualifying matches, or there's usually six qualifying matches, they kind of varied it last year, but basically there's six people make it to the finals, and they compete in a six-way elimination match with the winner uh, getting a future Ring of Honor world title shot. The only person to ever successfully cash in their Survival of the Fittest title shot is Eddie Edwards when he defeated Roderick Strong at Manhattan Mayhem 4 in, in March of last year. And now last year's winner, Michael Elgin, looks to do the same thing this when he challenges for the belt so no names have been announced just yet but it's always fun to see who can go there and make a name for themselves and stake their claim as one of ring of honor's next stars so this means that survival of the fittest would be part of the tv tapings if the baltimore tapings if the baltimore show is a television taping then yes it will be i'm pretty sure it's been announced as a tv tape and it will at first it was labeled as a mini pay-per-view and now it's been changed to tv so perhaps it's going to be announced as a pay-per-view which would make no sense because it's one week before death before dishonor but it would be strange if survivor of the fittest is spread out over like four weeks of tv but you already know the winner because the sport i don't know anyway uh, we've got questions about who we think is going to win so we'll get to that um later on and speaking of TV, uh, Pittsburgh is to host Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which originally host the the uh, Live Strong event where Roderick Strong challenged to Kevin Steen for the Ring of Honor title. Uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania is going to host the TV tapings on November third, and there are some questions of whether it's going to be an actual TV taping or whether it's just a road rage and different. <laughs> what did they announce as a TV taping though? So why would it be a road rage? Well, di- different places. I've, I've looked at. I've looked at our site, I've looked at Ring of Honor's site, and I've looked at two or three other sites. Each of them say something different, it seems like. So for, for right now, I'm assuming it's just a regular TV taping. But who knows? Something is going to be taped for television in Pittsburgh. That's just what we know right now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, David Richards uh, apologized to Kevin Steen for the comments he made in the HighSpots.com shoot interview. where he And ROHworld.com. He basically said the same sort of things to us. <laughs> Yes, he, it's yeah, true. It's, it's, seriously, that, that it our interview with him is a short version of that shoot. And it's free. Exactly. We should have charged, I'm telling you. But if you. If you want to pay for that shoot, just contact me and send it to my PayPal. I'll be <laughs> happy that you listen to it. But basically, I, I guess Dave Richards is realizing how bad he's been looking for the past month with the team bandit and how he's been trashing Kevin Steen on all these interviews, including the one he did at rohworld.com, which you can find on iTunes and rohworld.com's website. And ROHcast45. Exactly. So you know exactly where to look for it now. And I guess he's just doing this to kind of try to save face. Because I'm sure him and Steen, they've been wrestling most of the same promotions for years now. So I'm sure they're, they're friends and he kind of felt bad about it. But I guess it seems like something he's doing to try to save face. Uh, following his performance at Boiling Point, uh, Eddie Kingston has been in discussions with 
Ring of Honor officials to have more appearances this year. Yeah. I think I think that's great. I really like Eddie Kingston. I I, can... I personally I I don't see what he could bring. I mean, perhaps it's just I haven't seen enough of his matches, but I, I know it's good to always have fresh talent, but I think there'd be better guys they could bring in. Especially when you have guys that are signed like TJ Perkins and the books just sort of sat at home. You know, you're worrying about bringing these external guys in who would they put on better matches? I, I don't know. Well, I don't really care bring... as long as he as as long as he doesn't leave Chikara. That's fine. Well, speaking of bringing out an outside talent that can put on better matches, uh, somebody who's been like tearing the independent scene up here, ACH, will make his Ring of Honor debut at Death Before Dishonor X10 in Chicago, and this is something I am extremely excited yes. about. That is something if, I approve of. If you have not seen ACH, he is a tremendous young high flyer. Something that I think is desperately missing from. So, with Ring of Honor logic, they'll put him in a match with Finley that will be ground-based. Probably. <laughs> but ACH seems like one of those people as of right now, that if you just give him an opponent, somebody like, I guess somebody like Jay Lethal I think would he'd put a great match on again. Somebody G-G-G. that... No, Jay Lethal would bury him. Or or somebody have or yeah TJP somebody like that maybe even somebody like Cedric Alexander or Kyle O'Reilly or Adam Cole there's so many people on the Ring of Honor roster I'd love to see ACH go against so hopefully this is the first of many appearances for ACH in oh, ROH awesome. that could be a T-shirt and what what could ACH and ROH oh okay no we cannot stop it. Harry, you gotta get on our away world uh, t-shirts thing. Come on, get on that. Uh, if people would buy them, I would make them. I'd love to see them in live events. You'd probably how have people, How many people got on the forum now? Over 400. Okay, forum. so there's 400 right there, so do it up. <laughs> Man, yeah, right for you. I get a free one. To join on the forum, you have to buy a t-shirt and wear it to any iPay-per-view. You'd probably have, like, Kevin Kelly walking around ringside. You can't wear that. Wear this chop-your-face t-shirt instead or something. Well, Turner, <laughs> take a look at this. Don't wear this quality t-shirt. Wear one that looks like it was made by an elementary school. I would love to see Eddie Edwards, CYF, ACH, and ROH. Oh, damn. Oh, God. John, right. Keep going on with the news. I'm going to play the alarm. Oh, never mind. There's no more ANX. It's going to be a two-hour podcast. Come on. And finally, there's some new articles up on the ROHworld.com. One by Dave is a titled it is titled ROH to Evolve and it kind of discusses what would happen if there's a partnership between Ring of Honor and Evolve Wrestling and it's a very interesting read so I suggest to check it out. We don't have time to cover it in more detail but it is a good read so if you're interesting to hear the possibilities and how it would benefit sort of both companies really so be sure to check it out. And that is all the news this week. Finally. Right, okay, so thank you for that, John. You can always find that during the week at rhworld.com and Des does a weekend roundup every Friday which summarises the big stories so you don't have to read all the individual pieces. So now we'll get on to the listener topics. There are so many ways to do this and I'm so worried that we're going to hit the two-hour mark and I do apologise. You can tweet us at rh underscore world. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash rhworld. Um, you can go on our forum, rohworld.com slash forum. There's an ROH cast thread on there. Uh, or you can call and leave a voicemail, 1-619-822-2211. So if you call that number, leave a message, we'll play it on the show. 
So pretty much I'll... you can contact us in any social yeah, media way so except tout. Yeah, do not tout us. We, we do not look at those. <laughs> <laughs> so now we'll get on to those topics and questions that you've sent in. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was awesome. Oh my god. That was so cool. Um okay, here we are. being as Steven is having his mouth pounded in the wilderness. Um <laughs> Wow. <laughs> um maybe it's Casino and Brutal Bob, I don't know. Right. Luchadork67 asks, in your interview with Davey, he mentioned his relationship with Roderick Strong. Do you know why they don't get along? Um, unfortunately, we don't. Um, Davey only literally said he didn't want to air the dirty laundry of why they don't get along in real life. But yeah, that's all we really know. Unfortunately, we don't know anymore. And I don't think Davey will ever go public with that unless he does another shoot. Who knows? Um he also asks, what ROH regular is most likely to end up in either WWE or TNA? So he's got two parts. So we'll ask that. Well, no, he's not in Ring of Honor. But um, I would say Adam Cole. I think he is the, would do well yeah. in WWE because he has the good, he has the look, he has the in-ring talent, and he has the mic work. I think that's a good package. He's got all three, and I think one day he will be a star in WWE, and it's just a matter of time and... Ring of Honor better use him before WWE catch him up when his contract expires or whatever happens. Um, another one is Michael Elgin, I think, in WWE because he has that sort of size and that sort of raw power and the build that they sort of like. So um, he he's someone I could definitely see going to WWE as well. So um, Briscoe? Ha- no. Well, wasn't it that rumor uh, like sometime around like the beginning of the year that um, Jim Cornette was blocking Adam Cole and the Briscoes from going to WWE? That's false. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm not up to date. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any... Oh, Harry just like... That was journalism owning right there. Had that to. Was cool. I couldn't let fans get the hopes up or whatever. But um, <laughs> I want to be that guy. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> anyone else you think would work or is likely to end up in WWE or TNA one day? Nope. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, wow. can't even I can honestly see Jay head. Lethal getting signed by WWE at some point. Why? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that that would I could see that happening as well. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, so yeah, I think like two names that jump out are definitely Cole and uh, and Elgin. Um, he also asks who is least likely to ever leave. Grizzly Redwood and Ernesto Osiris. I would Boom. say Briscoes. Could they even? They would never be allowed in WWE. They are. They cannot. Say half of what they say. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Kevin Steen, in his current shape, I don't think WWE or TNA would sign him. Davey. Oh no. Jim Cornette, because there's nowhere else he can go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jim Cornette. Um, Likes to slap wrestlers, so that's not good. <laughs> Anyone else you think is you know in Ring of Honor for good? Never. I think another one, sorry, that might work is I heard a rumor Roderick Strong going to TNA. I have no idea if that's true or not, but um, I think he could work in, in TNA. Yeah. I don't think he'd work in WWE, but TNA, I could see Roderick Strong working. Uh, They've been um, X-Division guy happy lately, signing guys. I think they mm. actually signed Scorpio Sky yesterday, so yeah, and the they're, they're on the move. Now as well, so. Yeah, so they're on the move. 
Well, Roderick yeah. Strong would benefit more in TNA because they'd let him move use his move set more. You know, they'd limit people yeah. in WWE. You know, mm. they have to wrestle that that style, don't they? So, um, yeah, I think that sort of sums up. That's a good question, actually. Thank you, Lucha Dark. It's a shame we don't have more time to perhaps go in more detail and look through the roster or whatever. But uh, well, we don't. So no. Here we get to the weekly joke questions from Marcus. Now, oh um, yeah, my favorite part of the whole show. Marcus oh, yeah. needs to get his own theme song too. I think. Yes. <laughs> Some I don't know, yeah, clown music or something, I don't know. But he gives us the most ridiculous questions every week, and for some reason, we still give him airtime. But he actually has two... He's like the Kevin Steen of uh, the Yeah, he is. Forum. <laughs> he actually has two legit questions, which will probably disappoint a lot of Marketh's fans out there. But he has a lot of Marketh marks. <laughs> he, has, <laughs> he has a silly question as well. I'm going to have to censor this. Um, know. Yeah. First Nigel, then Mondo. Then Sarah Del Rey, then Bobby Cruz. Is there anyone in Ring of Honor who doesn't want to do things with Maria? Maria? I'm sure she's. Uh... <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. That's just. <laughs> you were just. I don't think she's going to go there either. <laughs> that's just. Yeah, that's just going to. All my pictures from that mixed tag match were just of Maria. <laughs> <laughs> you can add Macklin to that list while the sound. <laughs> Um, perhaps Kevin Kelly. He seems like the only person that perhaps wouldn't be interested. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll get off that question because, as John said, TV <laughs> podcast, and we're just gonna, if we're talking about Maria doing things with herself, I mean, that's, we're just going to get out of hand. With it. <laughs> so, <laughs> serious question. <What's>, <laughs> we, <laughs> we saw on this week's TV that Scum took out Kenny King. Are we? How, we completely forgot to mention that. After the six-man tag match where Scum oh, yeah. lost, they attacked Kenny King, a three-in-one assault, and they gave him a suplex onto a sort of stood-up steel chair. Um, yeah. so he continues, giving Re- Ring of Honor a reasonable write-off for why he's no longer in Ring of Honor. Is this the end of you mocking them for choosing not to blatantly ignore the King tag title situation and edit out large segments like WWE likely would? This also provides oh. a good reason why Rep Titus is targeting scum. Marcus, it, you it are. Ends my, it ends me mocking them because they won't, because there will be no more appearances by Online Express going forward, so there will be no reason to mock them. I think this is an extremely lucky coincidence that that show ended with them beating up Kenny King. Like what if they just thought, oh. Yeah. And beat a red tights, then this wouldn't work. But Marcus, you have saved the booking team, and I think we should apologize, <laughs> even though it's a complete mis- like coincidence. It does provide logical sense that I hope, hopefully, they'll actually play off this. That you know, Scum took took him out. That's why they're doing these this tournament, and that's why red tights is going after Scum. It makes sense. And Marcus, you've done a better job than the booking team. <laughs> <laughs> I say that the time that Marcus said the the did Adam Cole have extra teeth in his pocket during the hybrid rules match? He actually made me spit out the drink that I was having. <laughs> I love that diehard joke he had last week. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, also, another serious question from Marcus: Is Jay Lethal the worst babyface in Ring of Honor since the time they made Homicide Cop Killer Generico for no reason the first show after the Steen feud ended? Hmm. I think he is, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he is a terrible babyface. He just... What about Mondo? Yeah, I think like, Mondo's worse. Whoa. I don't know. Like, Mondo gets people... Like, people... Like, Jay Lethal just so bland. Like, nobody cares about him at all. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they cheered him, man. 
Yeah, but that that building also cheered brutal Bob. That don't count. <laughs> I, think, I can't I think, get a like lethal's work of providence. Lethal's bland. Des, you're turning yourself a robot, by the way. Des, you sound like you sound terrible. You sound like a robot. Do I? Do I? Yeah. This is not good. You've been attacked by brutal Bob as well. Um. Anyway, we'll, we'll continue. Oh, DX versus NWO 1994 has a three-part question. Oh my god! <laughs> Two-hour podcast. Next week's going to be so short. I, oh. We need a safety word to make sure people have listened to this, like cabbage, like you did with me that time. <laughs> if you are listening for this for the show this long, post on the forum. Is it too long? Are you enjoying it? Let us know. It will never be this long again. It's just that so much happened at once. Perhaps we should have not talked about the TV or done these questions. I don't know. Anyway. He has three questions. Which six wrestlers do you think will be on around a survival of the fittest? Now, should we save that for next week? Because that will take a long time. Uh, six names quickly. No, no, all right. Forget that. Forget Adam, no, Cole, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. Who do you think will win? He's personally pulling for rising stars like Titus, Cole, and O'Reilly, or a surprise guy. But I hope someone like Jay Lethal or Mike Mondo doesn't win. And he also called him unbeatable, Jay Lethal. Thank you. Um... I'm going to oh, go with Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, oh my god, he's just put an awful vision in my mind of Jay Lethal winning. I'm going to say he's... Titus. I'm going to go with Kyle O'Reilly. Titus Des? gets a shot at Steen. Des? Um, I will go with... Gosh. I'm going to go with Mike Mondo. Oh my... No, he's already oh. had a title shot. All you have to do is punch a lock. You don't need to win no tournament. I think he'll win again. <laughs> Um, I actually, I never would have thought of this, but Macklin made a good point. Rhett Titus, I think that would make sense. Well, it would good get good uh, build behind him. So yeah, I think Rhett Titus should win it. That'd be great. And I hope they don't let Jay Lethal win. I mean, if he's in the tournament, he can't lose, so he's going to have to win it. Aww. Well, <laughs> if they want to give it to Titus, they've got to do something to make us believe he's credible between now and September twenty second. Because right now he's just a guy. Yeah, they need to do something with him, especially more than just having a run in. A 30 second run in during the pay per view main event. That was yeah. Um, his final question Will the winner of Survival of the Fittest actually win the championship in his title match, like Eddie Edwards, or will he lose like most of the others? Hmm. Um, I can't. If Red Titus wins, I can't. As no. Dead said, I, I cannot see him being world champion at this point. Maybe in six months' time, I'll change my opinion, but. There'd have to be some major changes for me to think he's a credible world champion. So if Titus does win it, no. How about you guys? Yeah, I don't think I, I agree. Yeah, no. Yeah, so no one really thinks so. Do you think uh, Elgin will win? Um, I do see him if he gets if the build continues and he breaks away from Roderick Strong the way I keep saying he should, uh, and then go on that awesome, have that final battle match with Strong and really. Solidify but he's in, in October, though. That's what I meant. Well, Sorry, he, no, he won't win in October. I think he'll win later down the down, line. Down the line, yeah. I think that's definitely. But I don't think he'll win cashing in in Survivor of the Fittest. So. No. The Survivor of the Fittest contract is basically the opposite of the Money in the <clears throat> Bank contract. Yeah. You know what? That's true. Um, so that wraps up all the forum questions. Thank you for those. Oh, um, Twitter. Uh, bring an eye pay-per-view to Greensboro. Um, no, we're not Ring of Honor. We can't do that. <laughs> uh, Andy tweets stuff, says penis. Um, don't know what he wants us to do. It's not a video <laughs> podcast. 
That could so be I, another three-hour podcast on its own. Sorry yeah, to disappoint you. This is not a video podcast, so we'll be none of that. Uh, maybe on another website. On Facebook, uh, Brian Reynolds says, how about Steen hitting the fan at the end of the pay-per-view? We talked about oh, that, that a lot. Ma- Macklin was right there. It was a work. So I'm sure if you've listened this far, you've already heard that bit. Have you forgotten? And breathe a sigh of relief. That is the last question. And the oh, last God. topic for us to discuss. Yay. It is now 10 p.m. UK time. I met on here with John at 8 p.m. I've been here for two hours doing this Ring of Honor podcast. So uh, yeah, can we take two here. weeks off? Oh, no. It's episode 50 next week. We can't do that. You know, starting episode 50 goes to three hours. You're not heard. Oh. <laughs> Are you going to get tout? I hate to tout my own horn, but tout, tout. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> God, that is awful. We're going to get RHCast active as well. We eh? can uh, tweet in what you want us to talk about. <laughs> right, this is just going off the rails. This is absolutely terrible. Um, thank you to... I almost said Stephen. He's not even here. Oh, you're welcome. To Des, John and Macklin for joining me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank every, you to every... everyone who listened to the show. We do hope you enjoyed it. If you made it this far, <laughs> let us know on the forum. Let us know on Twitter. We, we like to know if people actually listen to these stupidly long long ones. And uh, next week we have episode 50. We're trying to make it special. Still uh, still in the works. So be sure to tune in next week for the huge show. It'll be special no matter what happens with it being a, a landmark episode. So be sure to tune into that. And Are we the longest running episodic podcast on ROHworld.com? We're the longest running weekly episodic <laughs> Ring of Honor podcast in history. There you go. Oh, and a uh, cheap plug at Curbside Hero. Sorry, Harry. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week.